Okay, now we're recording. So were you fixing your hair? I'm always fixing my hair. Um, I am the kind of person whose physical and personal appearance depends on the weather, and I hate everything. Well, today, how's it doing today? Uh, not great, Bob. Welcome to episode 100 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I was not present for all 100 of those, but this person next to me was. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. 100! 100! Oh my gosh, so weird. (laughs) I know, and we're doing this live. And we're, yeah, while we're recording this, we're also doing a live Instagram story, totally copying from our friends at... Audible Discernment. So... Thanks, Audible Discernment. Great idea. Good idea. Um, we thought we would go over some listener emails today. We also got one <laughs> email voice or yeah voicemail from a listener. Um, so that's fun. And then we'll also read comments that we're getting on our Instagram story. So um, I guess we should just go ahead and get started. Yeah. 100 episodes. Can I just say where this podcast began? Yes. Let's tell the story. So let me tell this story. So I took over the bookshelf three and a half years ago from Katie Chastain. And Katie uh, had, she's just an idea person. She has ideas all the time. If you live in Thomasville, you know Katie, you know that's true. And one day she was like, I think the bookshelf should have a podcast. And because Katie is an idea person and I am a... Is implementarian a word? <laughs> it is not. I feel like that is what I am. Like, sure. you tell me something to do, and I'm going to do it. And so she suggested, like, on a whim, hey, you should do a podcast. And so we did. And for a long time, well, maybe like 20 episodes-ish, Katie and I kind of co-hosted together. And Katie is so busy doing so many wonderful things in Thomasville that it quickly became apparent the bookshelf, the bookshelf podcast just kind of morphed into its own thing. And so for a while, I hosted by myself, which I don't necessarily recommend. I mean, it was fine. Yeah, no, we were having like, before. that's before I was co-hosting and we were having like meetings like, what can I talk about on the podcast? Right, by myself, right. which was super <laughs> odd until finally it occurred to me to get a co-host. Hi. So thus uh, Chris came on board and now we are recording our 100th episode and we have an email from a listener to read. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so this is from Kathleen Danley. Uh, Kathleen says, I like her subject line, podcast praise. Hello, Hello, alliteration. alliteration. (laughs) Um, I started listening to y'all's podcast thanks to the What Should I Read Next podcast. We should say that that is how we got a lot of listeners. A lot of listeners. Thank you, Ann (laughs) Bogle. So thanks, Ann Bogle. Um, Which means I'm certainly not a podcast hipster. (laughs) Great. You're in good company, Kathleen. Anyway, I love it. I think that your podcast... Oh has surpassed Ann Bogles as my most anticipated each week. That's that's really nice. Thank you. I love how you welcome listeners into a little bit of your world, and honestly, it makes me want to find a way to come into your store and really all of Thomasville ASAP. Come on. You would be welcome. Yes, anytime. Unfortunately, I am a senior at Regent University, which means Thomasville is too far away for a quick trip. Where's Regent? Virginia? Yeah. However, your conversations about books help me get re-inspired to read for fun, even while pushing through my little my lit class readings. I enjoy hearing about Chris's PhD studies to remind me why I never want to go to graduate school. That is the correct response. uh, Even for English. I especially love your monthly reading recaps and I think I might be rambling. Which is all we do on this podcast. That's what we're doing right now. Uh Uh, Your podcast this past week helped me get out the bravery to email you, get up the bravery to email you, even though you asked for voice clips, but did you really want me to ramble for three minutes out loud? Yes. Please keep recording so I can keep listening. 
Is it creepy to say I kind of want to be real life friends with you guys? Not at all. No. Uh, thank you, Kathleen. That was so nice. Um, I would love to have heard your voice, but I do understand, and I often communicate via email. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we did a, kind of a podcast swap with Ann Bogle earlier this year, and that really did bump our listenership by like uh, thousands. <laughs> we won't give you exact numbers, but when we saw the turnaround, I think we both gasped. <laughs> we were shocked. Um, so it's been really fun to meet a lot of you who started off by listening to Ann Bogle and What Should I Read Next and then hopped on board our podcast. And that's really lovely because Ann's podcast is fantastic and very different from ours, so it's nice that there's some overlap. Yeah. Um, so thank you. And thank you, Kathleen. I will say that this is the second customer or listener. We deal so much with customers, if that's why I frequently say Um <laughs> This is the second listener I have heard back from who talks about your PhD studies. Oh. Um, one, actually, her name is Katie, and she is semi-local and worked in Thomasville for a while and was doing her PhD in history, and she said our episodes got her through her prelims. Oof. So. And <laughs> you need anything to get through prelims. And technically, prelims. we got you through your prelims. Technically, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, anyway, I think we should take credit then for people's <laughs> degrees. Yes. That's what that means. It means that you get to tack more letters after my name. That's right. Um, so should we listen to a voice clip? Yeah. Um, listeners, we received one voice clip. We asked for voicemails. We got one. And Annie, do you want to tell the story of how we ended up listening to that one voice clip? Yeah. So I got in my email. First of all, we technically got two voicemails. Oh, we did. Um, one was from me. Oh, right. Um, which probably doesn't count. But I decided to test it to see if it worked. And then we got one. And it like notified in my email that we got one. And it was from listener Cormac McCarthy Lover 999. And so I wouldn't listen to it by myself because I was like, this could be pervy. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's 17 seconds long. Right. It's from anonymous Cormac McCarthy Lover 999. Lord knows. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that could be. Who, who that is. <laughs> um, so then I started to panic that like we had put out this request for voicemails and now. We were just going to get harassed. Yeah. Um, so she made me listen to it by myself first right. before. So that I wouldn't. I would rather you listen to something pervy than right. me. Um, sure, I understand that. Yeah. Um, so, then we listened, or then you listened. Uh-huh. And this is what we heard. This is what we heard. Hey, Annie and the Bookshelf Gang, longtime listener, first-time caller, all the way from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Annie, it's your brother. Proud of you. Talk about you a lot in my economics class. Uh, I think it's cool what you're doing down there. Congratulations on your 100th episode. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> You guys, I love my brother so much, but that that, that long-time listener, first-time first caller, caller was my favorite thing, and obviously then not pervy at all. No. Um, it was my brother. There was no reason to be worried about that, um, but, you know, I get it. Hunter says, I knew it. Not surprised about the Butterworths. <laughs> yep. True, true. The Butterworths are the most supportive family on the planet. That is true. <laughs> that is accurate. Um, so, yeah, Chet was our one... Uh, voicemail. I do love that he talks about us on in his classroom. That's kind yeah. of fun. You and you and your business and your yeah. your economics class. Yeah. So anyway, that was kind of that was our fun voicemail. It, it made me feel good though because I think I've mentioned it on the show before. Like my main aspiration in life, and this is not true. That's distinct hyperbole. But I really do want to be an anonymous advice columnist 
a la Dear Abby, um, although probably more like Dear Sugar, but that's fine. Um, so hearing like first time caller, I was like, oh yes, I am the new Fraser Crane. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. This podcast is going to be your platform. It's my in. Yeah. My foot in the door. You're welcome. I want some credit whenever uh, you make it big as an advice columnist. Gimlet, you want to give me an anonymous show? <laughs> I think you could do it. Alex, you listening? <laughs> Matt? Alex did listen. Alex Bloomberg's a big fan of From the Front Porch. He's a big, you know what he is a big fan of? Gilmore Guys. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Um, okay, so should we read some other listener questions? Yeah, what are some other listener questions we got? Bookshelf, okay. nope, from the front porch mailbag. They're all, so many of them are about my brilliant friend. I think this is one. This is from Paula Nix. Paula asks, or says, Hi, I heard you on the What Should I Read Next podcast and was really intrigued about the One Book Project. I live in Woodstock, Georgia and run a book club at my husband's brewery. Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, We are really involved in our city and I think One Book would be so great here. Do you have any advice or places you all started when you began this? Thanks so much for your help. And that's something that I can't speak to, but that's something that you can begin answering. Yeah, I will email Paula back which I should have done back on November 3rd when she wrote me this email. Um, But one book is something that you've heard about us talk about on the podcast pretty frequently. Um, It is where our whole community reads the same book um, over the same period of time. And other communities do this. This is not something Thomasville started, but it makes sense that Thomasville would join in on that kind of thing because I think it works best in small communities or in big cities that have small communities. small parts of their community who can do this together. One book, I know a really great one also in Georgia is, um, indicator. Um, I think right outside Atlanta, they do a really great, um, one book program. And that is where we got a lot of our ideas. Um, there is also a website and I'll put links in the show notes, um, to, it's kind of like a one book, I'm going to say nonprofit kind of think tank thing. And basically you can get grants. So if you need your community, you you need to be able to afford a one book project. There are ways to get grants specifically if you're reading classic literature together. Our community has not done a ton of those because we read books where the author is still living so that we can bring the author to Thomasville. Um, One resource from Thomasville that you can use is onebookthomascounty.org. It not only gives a list of all the books we've read in the past, but a lot of the events we've done. A couple of tips for you. Um, We used to do one book like over a month, and we quickly discovered that was just too much, and so we shortened it to a week. Um, I think we've even got some people on our committee who think it should be a weekend. (laughs) Um, So basically don't, you know, don't worry about it being too long. You can be, it could be a week or so. Um, and that's what we have found to be most successful. So onebookthomascounty.org has all the resources you need from Thomasville. And then there's a one book website that I will put links to in the show notes. And there is also um, Decatur County's website or Decatur Georgia's uh, one book website where they have a lot of help and resources. Um we have found that fic- nonfiction books tend to be yes. better choices than fiction, which I thought was interesting. Fiction is actually kind of hard to do events around. Yeah. Um, but our by far our most successful one book was Picking Cotton, um, which was this really wonderfully, powerfully written memoir about forgiveness and the justice system. And so we were able to tie in our local innocence project. Um, so to me, that was one that sticks out in memory as being a really fantastic uh, one book. So... 
I love one book. It's one of my favorite things we do. There are so many ways to make it better that I hardly feel like an expert, but I will try to put those few links in the show notes. I will try to write Paula an email back. Um, But if your community does a one book program, I would encourage you to get involved. And if you don't do one, it is possible to start one. Yeah. Um, uh, We started ours four years ago, um, right when I came on board the bookshelf. So that has been a really fun thing to do. um, A fun thing I have enjoyed doing in Thomasville. Um, So this message comes from Tara Hennings. Um, the subject line is podcast and the message is hi, loved the episode with Virginia price and would love to hear from her again seasonally with what seasonally with what's coming up. Thanks. Virginia price is our penguin rep. Yep. Um, we had a wonderful conversation with her a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great idea. I think we should have her on. Yeah. If not, again. and she actually have, she's really fantastic because she listens to the podcast, right. which I think is really fun. Um, but it might be fun to also bring in some other sales reps. I don't know. Virginia is just so personable. Um, but that was a great episode. I'll put link, a link in the show notes. Um, she had some great upcoming fall reads and it'd be fun to have her on board for winter. So we'll look, yeah. we'll look into doing that. Um, and we'll try to do seasonal. I think it might be a good idea every so often to do like seasonal introductions to books. Um, one thing, one customer uh, feedback we kind of got about the podcast was sometimes we mention books and they're not out yet. Right. And then we don't remind people when they're out. And so we'll try to be better about that. Too. What we should do is have a, a feature maybe at the end that is like coming out this week are these books. Right. Um, Okay, we got a lot of feedback on our My Brilliant Friend episode, and I don't know if we want to read some of those, um, but we recorded a Love It or Loathe It episode from My Brilliant Friend, and I think Hunter and maybe Emily are still watching this, um, and they both were on that episode with me talking about My Brilliant Friend. I have gotten in-person customer feedback um, actually from Katie Chastain, who was just so disappointed in me that I didn't love my brilliant <laughs> friend. And I was like, no, no, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I just, once I put it down, I stopped caring. Right. You weren't head over heels for it. Right. But that doesn't mean I hated it. I believe I said <laughs> loved it with caveats. Right. Um, but never, so nevertheless, Ann Bogle actually wrote us an email Um and she said, I just finished listening to your Love It or Loathe It on My Brilliant Friend. So fun. I got to say, I thought book two was the best by far and book four was painful. Lena, stop making terrible life choices already. <laughs> I'm really enjoying keeping, catching up on your all's past episodes. Uh, hope December bookstore life is more enjoyable than killer. Well, we'll let you know about that one. <laughs> we were... <laughs> Can't you tell from our voices that we are barely making it? Um, she is the second or third email I got that said book two was their favorite. Yeah, so I've heard that. Great. You've probably all convinced me to go ahead and read book two, which um, I may do. Um, I think I'm actually going to get a little bit of a vacation in January. And so maybe, maybe I will. Yeah, maybe I will do that. But anyway, so book two apparently is um, much loved, especially in comparison maybe to the other ones. Oh, this one's from Aaron. Aaron was on this live feed. I can't tell when people are leaving or still on here. I like that it doesn't tell you when they leave. Yeah, that would be that would be 
That would make you feel terrible about yourself. You're really disappointing. Um, But Erin sent us a really long, well-thought-out email about her thoughts on my brilliant friend. Erin says, So I just listened to your episode about my brilliant friend, and since you were asking for feedback from people who loved the book, I felt compelled to chime in. Thank you, Erin. First of all, I hate that people told you you needed 100 to 150 pages to get into that book because you're right. There is no plot twist that suddenly makes it compelling. This was your opinion, I think. I think that opinion has much more to do with feeling invested in the story and like you can fall into step with the prose. Right. Um, Which Chris, we mentioned on another podcast episode, I think, that maybe that was part of the issue. And I was on board with the prose from page one, um, but I can see where some people, it might take a while... Some readers who aren't don't love that kind of literature. Right. It might take a while to get used to that. For me, and Aaron was the same way. For me, the prose took about three pages to really get into, and it took maybe twenty-five pages to really feel like I cared about the characters and what was happening. But I'm one of those people for whom prose makes or breaks a book. I think that sounds a lot like Hunter. Yeah, for um, real. Who was the who was on the podcast and really loved the book. You are also so right that reading one book doesn't compel you to immediately pick up the next one, which honestly is one thing I love about them. I can appreciate a series that you want to read. I'm reading all of them, but that you can feel like you can take a break with books in between, which is what I meant to Oh, yeah. Okay, I love that thought because she's right. Like something like... Which even something like Harry Potter, I actually read once a year because right, that's, that's how when they came, they came out. out. Um, Every two or three years. But it is nice that there's no pressure to only be reading. Like if you're an avid reader, it would be frustrating to only be able to read those four books. You know what this is? This is TV pre Netflix. <laughs> oh, my brilliant friend. Okay, so the Neapolitan novels are, are... TV pre Netflix. Mm. You don't have to binge read all of them. Okay. Which is interesting because I feel like I do fall into sometimes the trap of binge reading. Right. Um, and I think that's honestly because of my job. Well, <laughs> like I feel yeah. like I feel like I have to binge read. Um, but I like I liked this point that Aaron made, and it made me think, okay, I can take a break, and it sounds like then I could hop back on board book two and be totally fine. Yeah. Um, even after maybe a few months, and that's probably true because I put down my brilliant friend for probably two weeks without looking at it and then picked it back up and had no trouble. Um, Right. And it's not like intricate world building where you have to remember like really specific details. You're not watching Lost. Right. Uh, It's characters, right? And you're just trying to get invested in these people's lives. And I feel like if you can put them down and pick them back up, then that's that's a really good thing. Right. That's a good quality. And kind of refreshing. Yeah, for real. The thing I love most about books is how deeply emotional they are and how Ferrante can delve so deep into a character's feelings about an event or relationship, but because of this, the plot isn't exactly the most attention-grabbing. True. That being said, out of the three books I've read, the second is my favorite. I thought the plot was so strong and the events of it had me reevaluating my feelings about different characters. The third one is more meh. Uh. Still fantastic prose, but to me, it drags the most plot-wise. Anyway, just wanted to throw my two cents in because I haven't had anyone to talk about these books with. Yay, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Um, We want to talk books with you. And I have heard a couple of listeners, I feel like in the store, there's one listener who's from Tallahassee. And she came in the store the other day and she said she loves listening to us because it's like having a book club. Oh. And that made me happy. We'll be your book club. Yeah, we will happily be your book club. So thank you, Erin. And now I think I'm going to take book two on my vacation. There it is. So I am reading The Hundred Lies of Lizzie Lovett, which is a young adult ARC. Oh, right. Um, I'm glad we're not doing a December reading recap because I have read nothing. Uh, that is the book I have read this month. I even stopped reading my <laughs> She Reads Truth Bible study. Like, I just couldn't <laughs> do it. I couldn't do anything. Um, this December has been extremely difficult for me. I cannot wait until January 1st. But I've been reading this YA 
galley. Um, I had to go to urgent care the other day and started reading it in the urgent care lobby. And it's fine. It's not, it's not my favorite, um, but it's not my, it's also not my genre, really. I will say maybe it's getting me back into just picking up a book instead of picking up the remote. Sure. So, but then again, I also watched 12 episodes of Gilmore Girls yesterday. So. (laughs) (laughs) Happy day off. Yeah. I, gosh, I needed it. Well, I had to go in early to fix our computer. Right. Our store computer is dead. So anyway, it was, it was nice to have a little break. Okay. For those of you just joining us, we are asking you, watching on Instagram Live, what are you reading right now? Yeah. Best wishes from Germany. What? Uh, do you think it would be possible to talk about the language in the books and if it's good to understand for people who are not native English slash American? Um, of my brilliant friend, I believe. Okay. Um, because it is a translation. Yes. And you can maybe speak to that. What is the kind of fluency of the language? So... I felt like I had read this year several translations that I did not love. Right. Um, that maybe I was even distracted by the fact that they were translations. My brilliant friend wasn't one of those. I read it and felt like I was reading... The translation I was reading felt like I was reading native English. Those books um, were written in Italian first. I think they'd be entirely enjoyable in a different in a different language. Right. Is that the question? I mean... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think so. But I also wonder what they might be like in the original Italian. And I, I bet there'd be... I, would, I think they would probably be more beautiful. I don't know Italian. I do. <laughs> I only know a little. But I do know some. I took three weeks. Uh, so I know lots of Italian. <laughs> um, but I actually think it would probably be more beautiful in Italian. Just because I think Italian is a beautiful language. Sure. Um, it's so, one of my favorite lines in Mad Men. When... Um, Buddy Draper is like, I'm not stupid, you know. I speak Italian. It's <laughs> great. So I, I think that it would be even more beautiful in the native language. I do, though, have a comment kind of about that. So we have a girl in our – I have a book club um, in town, and one of the girls in it is from Germany. Oh, cool. And she is at Florida State. She's a marine biologist there. And I remember we were all talking. We had been reading um, Man Called – now I know it's Uva. Uva. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we had been reading that and she commented because we were kind of casually talking about things like To Kill a Mockingbird and Little Women and like these really great American books that we all had read growing up. And she was totally in the dark. And I think I was like, oh, you haven't read those? Like genuinely <laughs> surprised. And then she was like, well, no, like that's classic American literature. Obviously, I read classic German literature, (laughs) and that had not occurred to me that when you come to America, not only are you having to learn all these different cultural things, but also your language is different. Like, I think about how much language I speak every day that has to do with books and the books I used to read and the books I loved as a child. If you lived in a different country, that commonality is gone. Right. These are yeah. different cultural touchstones that yeah. build your psyche in a lot of ways. Yeah. Anybody seen Arrival? We've t- we can talk about how <laughs> your language actually shapes Chris the, way you, that movie. the way you see the world. I too. The love way that, that your movie. brain works. Um, but you understand time. So so yeah, that's an interesting. I don't know language and kind of what books we read in what languages. I think that's interesting. Okay. Somebody else said, oh, Chrissy, she said she's reading The Trespasser and she's enjoying it. I'm so glad you're enjoying it because that was not my favorite ton of French book. And I felt really bad about saying that until finally I heard some other 
um, other ton of French fans kind of say, eh, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I liked it. Like I, I read it, finished it. I just, I think I wanted to love it so much. Like I, I was reading the galley and felt like, Oh, I've won. Like I, like, I remember that I, you were very excited when it came in. Yeah. And then it was just, eh, it was fine. But we really hope you like it. Okay, we've got another um, email. Uh, Holly Gordon. Hi there, Annie. I feel the need to reach out to you after the last podcast about My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. Every week he looks so forward to your podcast coming out. And oh. when I saw the title for this one, I was like, what? Perfect timing. I was just in the middle of it. So I saved it for my run when I had finished the novel. Needless to say, I listened this morning with only 100 pages left, but I had thought about getting giving up on this there book. There you go. My thoughts were completely in line with yours. Great writing, but I felt no deep attachment to pick it up. Once I was in, I was in, but then my two-month-old baby would cry, and I was out for a good couple of days. Anywho, after listening to your epi- after listening to your podcast, without the spoilers, thanks for the warning. You're welcome. I finished the book. I'm so glad I finished it, but it felt like a big mental workout. It did. It felt like reading a classic. Um, also, just wanted to tell you how much I love your podcast and Instagram account. I live in rural Canada, oh, wow. and I absolutely love to read. We have a small book club, but being part of your podcast and Instagram makes me feel so much more connected to the book world. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, keep up the great work. I heard of your podcast through the Modern Mrs. Darcy podcast, who I also adore. Happy reading. Wishing you a happy holiday season. That's thank so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> thank you again, Anne Bogle. Yes, thank you. We got some really <laughs> wonderful listeners, thanks to Anne. And I'm so glad to know somebody else felt similarly to me, but I'm also glad Holly was then inspired to finish the book. I hope that's what we do here. I hope we inspire you to finish the books you're reading. Um, and then sometimes if you don't like and them, put them, just down. put them down. Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, want to enable your book habits is what we want to do here. That's right. Whatever they are. Be. Unless they're burning. And then we don't want that. Brittany Walters. She had thoughts on my brilliant friend as well. So many people. This explains, though, the phenomenon. This is what happens when there's a phenomenon, which I do yeah. love. Like, that you get all kinds of readers reading the same book. And then you do. You, you can have a huge book club because people then have thoughts about them. That's what reading's for. It is. My name is Brittany. I found your podcast from... What should I read next? <laughs> Your podcast is great. I recently read My Brilliant Friend for Book Club, and we had some very interesting discussions. I think reading it for a book club is the way to read that book, probably. People either loved it or hated it. I'm on the fence. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I didn't feel like I could relate to either of the girls. I did enjoy Lena's stay at the beach, as I think that's where we got to know her best. That's how I felt. I thought she was always in Leela's shadow throughout the rest of the book. I felt like something is missing from the book that could make it more interesting. Definitely was glad to finish it, as it was hard to get through. I wish that Ferrante would have written one book instead of a series. Because I still want to know what happens to these girls, but I don't want to read the other three to find out. That sounds exactly like Emily. (laughs) Emily was on the podcast. Who chose or. <laughs> yeah, who said, between love it or loathe it, she was at or. Um, <laughs> Emily said that she wanted to know what happened to the girls, but she was just going to read spoilers to find out. She did not want to wade through three more books. So, Brittany, maybe that would be something you could do, where you could read plot synopses on the internet, just like some people used to do in high school. I was Ooh, not one of those. I was. That might be a way you could still find out what happens to Lena and Leela. Um, but I am all for we are adults. You don't have to read things that you don't want to read right. if you don't want to. Um, although I'm weirdly also pro making yourself do things you don't want to do sometimes. because It's almost like people are, have contradictory opinions sometimes. <laughs> it's really so weird. So complicated. Actually, I get these questions a lot, and I would like to respond to some. Let's do that. Okay, so this email is from Jennifer Battles. Jennifer wrote me on October 12th, and I'm sorry, Jennifer. My email inbox is 
not my favorite place. So I will try to write you back, but hopefully you're a podcast listener and I'm going to try to answer some of these questions. Um, because after the Modern Mrs. Darcy podcast, I got a lot of these questions. I enjoyed your appearance on what should I read next? I'm following your bit of advice and sending the email. I was delighted to learn about your background and your leap into bookstore ownership for the past half year. I've researched my dream and laid it down multiple times. I have the support of my family, but the risk of moving from AP English teacher to bookstore proprietor is a big one as we really do need my salary. Mm. I get that. I live in a small bedroom community, um, but Fort Smith, the metro area of 88,000 is 15 minutes west. It's downtown is changing and developing thanks to some brave business owners and the launch of Unexpected, a large-scale art project, truly a sight to behold. I'll have to look that up. The only bookstore in town is Books A Million, and I believe the timing is right for the person who's brave enough to open an indie, and I want that person to be me. Um, so the point of my email to you is to thank you for sharing your story. I'm encouraged by it. Um, we also share a love for literary dysfunctional families. Okay, I wanted to answer this question because I got a lot of these types of questions after um, the appearance on the podcast, and that's probably because I came to bookstore ownership in a really weird way. Right. I think a lot of people maybe found that to be hopeful because maybe they too could jump into bookstore ownership. And I believe that you can, because if I can, anybody can. Um, I, I do feel that way. But a couple of things. So, A, I like the fact that Jennifer's small town is near a bigger town. Mm -hmm. So that is one reason I do think that the bookshelf is successful. You should also know the bookshelf has been in existence for 20 plus years. I just started owning it three and a half years ago. So... Thomasville already loved their bookstore, and I just happened to get to be the next part in its legacy. But Thomasville is a small town, um, about, about 30 to 45 minutes away from Tallahassee, which is a bigger university town, and I think that helps us tremendously. So I like the fact that Jennifer has a small bedroom community, but a bigger city where she could kind of grow her business. What is a bedroom community? Like outside, like a suburb, I thought. I've never heard that before. That term? No. Oh, yeah. I think that's what that means, is like a little small outpost. Cool. I... Thomasville, though, does not have a Books A Million, does not have a Barnes & Noble, right. does not have a Target. Uh, Target sells books for cheap, in case you haven't noticed. And I think that really helps us, too. The good news is that I think Books A Million is different from Barnes & Noble. I think Books A Million feels more like a warehouse. And so I don't feel like it's a bookstore when I walk in there. Some people might disagree. Um, so I think the fact that just Books A Million is in her community might also help. Right. A couple of resources. If you truly, truly are interested in bookstore ownership and you don't know where to start, yes, email people like me or call people like me. Not... not necessarily me, but like other bookstore owners, I think that's always a good route to go and do some investigating, do some research, try to figure out how they got started. Um, the American Booksellers Association also has resources for people who are looking to own their own bookstores. Um, I think that's because bookstore ownership is actually, well, bookstores are actually seeing an upswing. And so um, if you are interested in being a part of that movement, the American Booksellers Association is there for you and the, they can offer you some resources. I know that a new bookstore, for example, opened recently in Tallahassee and she kind of did a road trip of a bunch of independent bookstores and asked a lot of opinions. And I think that is a good way to go. I didn't do any of that um, <laughs> um, because basically somebody opened a little bookstore in my neighborhood and I thought I could work there. And I did work there, and then she closed that store and offered me the chance to buy the one in Thomasville. And so my route to bookstore ownership was very different, and also financially very different because I was buying it from someone else. 
So I didn't have to take out so far. I have not had to take out loans, though that is on the horizon so that I can buy the owner out completely. But basically, I came to it from a very different direction. I still think it's a good idea. I know even before the bookstore in Tallahassee opened, a couple of other actually podcast listeners and customers were interested in a bookstore in Tallahassee. And so they had questions about that. I think it's a good idea to pick Pick the brains of the people around you. Jennifer, um, in your community, I would probably sit down with some of the folks at Fort Smith, some other business owners, and figure out what businesses would be around yours. Learn what to do from other business owners, even if they're not bookstore owners. That's another thing is I've learned a lot from other business owners, not just bookstore owners. And I think that has been extremely helpful. I firmly believe you can do it. Take the leap of faith. We certainly did. I do know how scary it is to risk an income. Um, and so it may be one of those things that maybe you start small and maybe you, I've heard of bookstores. There's one in Gainesville, Florida, I think that runs on a volunteer staff. Um, so maybe you, Gainesville is a university town. So maybe you plop yourself near a university and you utilize students to help you um, run your business well. Uh, we did that this year where we had interns <laughs> helping us run the bookshelf better. Um, Allison and Madeline were our shop interns and they were fantastic. And we totally borrowed slash stole that idea from Hallie Darfin at um, Dot. And so that's an example of another business that wasn't a bookstore that helped us run our business better. Absolutely. And I saw at some point Hallie and Madeline watching this. Oh, probably not shout still. Out. Yeah, but... shout outs to you guys. Yeah, basically ask your local community. Maybe your local, the local chamber of commerce there could give you some help. They've helped us too. And then ask other bookstore owners. Um, it sounds like your community might be ready for a bookstore. Um, I don't want to diminish the fact that it takes a lot of hard work. When I said earlier that my family is super supportive, I honestly don't know how I'd run the business without my family or without my staff. And so if you can find people who are passionate, like you are passionate, I think that'll help you tremendously too. Um, So I get a lot of questions about starting your own bookstore and maybe that helps a little, um, I hope. So thank you for joining us for our 100th episode of From the Front Porch, which we did in a, in a new, different... Yeah, different format. Different format. And if you've got questions or you have things that you want to ask, um, we would love to hear from you. We This was like a sampling of some emails we've gotten over the past month. You can go to our website and like fill out the contact us form on the website, or you can email... Um, inventory at Bookshelf Thomasville. That's for Chris. That's me. Um, and you can email me at Annie at Bookshelf Don't let my slow response time deter you. I do read all those emails. It just takes me a while to respond. Um, and I get a lot fewer. <laughs> there and you so go. if you really want a quick response, email me. Email Chris. And you can find both of our emails on the store website as well. And a lot of people I know have found us on Instagram and Twitter. So you can do that too. Um, at Bookshelf Tville. Um, they found both us, the store, and us individually, yeah. which is Personally, weird. Personally, I feel like my own Instagram has also grown. So if you're into that kind of thing, you're welcome to find me at Annie B. Jones 5 And I'm at A Study in Chris. Um, I had to think about that. Yeah. So as usual, full episodes of From the Front Porch can be found on our store website. That's bookshelfthomasville.com. And we've already talked about Twitter and Instagram, but that's at Bookshelf Tville. So thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys in the new year. Happy New Year.